welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. So excited. Today, my returning guest is Sherry Jacobus. She has not been on for a while, and we're going to talk about why, and I'm sure you know. But before we do, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, so I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you enjoy today's show, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see that I offer a bunch of different tiers, including one that has a much shorter intro and is completely ad-free. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show only by me. Whatever I feel like talking about that particular day, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. Again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Take a look at the different options. You can always upgrade later. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free, and while you're there, please rate the show and leave a review. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, Sherry. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. It has been, been a while. <laughs> yes, you have. And so uh, before we get into politics and everything, let's just talk about your good news. Why don't you tell everybody about your good news? Oh, well, the reason I've been busy is because um, I was diagnosed with cancer last winter. And uh, stage three in the lymph nodes, uh, all the worst news that nobody wants to receive. Hmm. And uh, so I've been very busy with that. And I do want to um, thank you publicly, you and Joe Walsh, for starting the GoFundMe to help me out, noting that... um, you know, I don't have a partner to to uh, right. to help with the finances. And Trump had, as most your listeners probably know, if they're familiar with me, Trump had pretty much ruined my 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 livelihood yeah. for a long time. So for you and Joe to to step up to the plate and all the people who helped out, um, it's been a tremendous relief uh, for me and you know for my for my parents, elderly parents mm-hmm. who were very concerned. And, um, you know, I think having that peace of mind yeah. um, contributes to the healing. So I right. went through the treatment. It was hell. <laughs> uh, as most people who have had cancer or have had loved ones with cancer, it's not fun. Um, but the good news is that, um, at least for now, they don't see any trace of the cancer. There's no That's tumor. Wonderful. Um, nothing's lighting up. And we're going to check it every three months. Yeah. You know, the first two years is when 90%. Uh, the recurrences, but for right now, Kimberly, for the past week, I have been so happy. <laughs> this, is, this is the best news yeah. um, that I could have received, and I hope that that it sticks because I'm ready right. to uh, to get back into life. Yeah, well, I know I talked about it uh, a couple times on the show, and I know some of my listeners donated, so I want to say thank you to them too because just like you said, everybody who donated, um, it sucks because this country needs a better health care system and it sh- should not be about GoFundMes. It's so unfortunate, but we all kind of have this fear. I mean, even, you know, there was, I don't remember who and what, but you know, you're on Twitter, you see stuff and somebody talked about getting sick and it might've been COVID. Um, but they got sick and they were in the hospital for some time. And even with insurance, their bill was astronomical. And, you yeah, know, it's, it, it scares the well, shit and, out of and, you. Well, in my case, I had a friend who um, worked solid for three days to get me into Johns Hopkins. You know, the clock was ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, my Locally in the small town that I'm in, uh, not too far from Washington, um, uh, it, they they were ready to put the port in within hours and have me, you know, show up at the hospital in the middle of the night so I yeah. could do 5.30, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And then I find out when I go to Johns Hopkins, because we got in, 
that they could do uh, oral chemo. There was going to be some that was going to be intravenous, and those are bad days that mm -hmm. I'm traumatized by it. I do have some PTSD. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. You can be the strongest person in the world, but you're going to have some post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. from the treatment. Mm -hmm. um, but Johns Hopkins gave me, you know, they're they're one of the top four in the country. Mm -hmm. But had it not been for the GoFundMe and for the people who helped out, I wouldn't have been able to afford to stay there because I was technically outpatient. And so wow. I had treatment every day, five days a week for six weeks. Mm. And so, you know, we had to get a place for me and a caretaker. Mm -hmm. And I had rotating caretakers of friends, you know, family. Um, so I had to have a caretaker mm -hmm. during this time. So we had to have a comfortable place um, that was actually within walking distance of the, the, the hospitals, the different parts of the, the complex that I'd be going to for different types of treatment because yeah. it was daily uh, radiation. Um, and the GoFundMe, um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that saved us. That was everything. So, so it's, it's complicated when you're sick or have a loved one that's sick. Yeah. Um, and the help matters so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful. I hate, I, I just hate hearing anybody. I mean, I just, I just looked on Facebook, which I hate Facebook, but a friend of mine who has just been riddled with all kinds of issues her entire life, she has this thing called dystonia, which is rare. And it's like you're, you're, um, all, every muscle in your body, like starts to shake and it and, and it can be painful and there was one time this happened to her for like three months and it just never let up and on top of that she's got hip problems and she's got eye problems and I just read a thing she's in the hospital because she fell and hit her hip and it's like ugh, yeah. you know and I mean and I know she's issues with money too so it's like it's I hate it but I'm really glad that um you're in the clear and you absolutely deserve this time where you're just feeling good because it's and plus it's fall and the weather's nice. <laughs> so, well, yeah, hey. <laughs> and I do, you know, and I'm supposed to be working out and getting exercise. There's some long-term issues, permanent issues in some cases from all the radiation. So, yeah. you know, I, I I walk and then I started doing weights. I have since the good news though last week I have to admit I've hurt my back because I've been overdoing it <laughs> since they said we don't detect a tumor you know yeah. so for now it looks good we're going to check every three months but I overdid it because yeah. I've been so excited um, at, 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 yeah yeah and Aww. I still you know I, I there was some hair loss so I've lost about yeah. a third of my hair and I couldn't mm. really afford to do that but it's okay I didn't get it shaved off or do anything right. like that I just sort of kind of chilling just yeah. kind of chilling with it all. Well, well, we're all grateful that everything seems to be going in a good direction. We'll continue continued prayers for your good health. And, you know, Thank I you. mean, obviously, Joe and I were friendly before that, but it's like you brought us together even more. <laughs> so even though sometimes well, it, it drives like me nuts. To, you know, I know we're going to talk about politics here, but I'd like yeah. to also point out there were a lot of um, high profile people, some celebrities yes. that um, some of them I knew from our work with the uh, with America Reads the Mueller Report, yeah. some who wanted to do it and couldn't, but there were some people who reached out to me. Um, first of all, the late, great Willie Garson, he was part of, oh, he was I one know. of our readers for America Reads the Mueller Report. He, yeah. he died a few weeks ago of cancer himself. Mm -hmm. um, he had reached out to me oh. when I was diagnosed and, and sent a nice email because we yeah. were friendly and he had done my podcast back when I had it mm -hmm. and he had said uh you know peace and love to you and light and and I said thank you you know nobody wants this diagnosis and um, I'm sure at the time he knew of his own diagnosis mm -hmm. uh, diagnosis but kept it quiet because yeah. he was also going to be working on the sex in the city yeah. uh, sequel uh and uh 
you know, he, he was on board and John Cryer knew mm. when I was having my first PET scan and then morning of, he sends me a message. And oh. of course, you know, Morgan Fairchild and yeah. Tom Arnold and Montel, all the people who are part of it. Yeah. And Billy Baldwin, whose son has had cancer. Yeah. Billy's been wonderful. And he calls and checks in oh. on me and, and Don Cheadle, who I didn't oh, know lovely. at all. He had had throat cancer and he, oh, wow. he checks in and people like Dina Grayson, who's yes. a cancer specialist, a doctor, she checks in and just all the folks who have been mm-hmm. wonderful and, um, and um, supportive. Um, well, you and, know, uh, I just have to throw out there, and I haven't told you this, and it's not that big of a deal, but I got a number of people messaging me saying thank you for helping Sherry. A oh, lot of a lot of like big wonderful. profile people taking note. And I mean, it's not that I want the credit so much. It didn't take me more than a few minutes to set up that GoFundMe. But it's like you know the fact that, just to point out that all these people cared about you and they were like that thanks for doing this Kimberly because they care about you so that's just that's great I mean I think that 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 is literally the whole point of all of this like the beauty and the love you know what I mean it's like there's so much fucking awfulness right now so in in this you know there's your cancer which is awful there's what's happening with the GOP all of it making this perfect storm so it's nice to know that there are people who just appreciate you and and like openly showing their love. So I, I am it grateful made, for that. It made and continues to make a very big difference. Yeah, it, it matters really so much. And I have such gratitude from the bottom <laughs> of my heart because I'm always one of those people I'd ever really looked to other people for help. I've had to be so in- mm-hmm. independent my whole life. And one of the hardest things in the world yeah. is to accept the fact that you do need help and you mm-hmm. do need support. So when people step up to the plate, not just with thoughts and prayers, right. although those help too. They do. Um, but with, <laughs> but with, uh, with something that matters and makes a difference, it's, yeah. uh, it's humbling yes. and I'm eternally grateful. Oh. Well, you deserve it. And again, we're just keeping those prayers, keeping it positive. <laughs> but Thanks. now, now we're going to go to negative because, I, and I want to warn everybody. <laughs> first of all, I'm in a shitty mood today, so there's that. Uh, talking to Sherry makes me feel a little bit better. But I'm very, I'm in one of those oh fucking we're doomed things. So that I don't, you know, maybe 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 Sherry will take us out of it, but I don't know. First thing I want to talk about though is Colin Powell. So. Like this morning, I wake up and I see Colin Powell. This is what I, like on my phone, I got an alert that said Colin Powell has died due to COVID, uh, you know, complications. And I thought, was he vaccinated? And, uh, you know, of course, later, after everybody's come out and said he died of COVID, he died of COVID, and that's all they said. And all the GOPers took, well, oh, see, vaccinations don't work. Well, then it comes out that he had Parkinson's and he had cancer. And he's 84, which we knew he was older. But it's like that changes the game because if you have, you know, these issues, diseases, then it's going to be a completely different situation for COVID. It's going to make you a lot more vulnerable. And we already know this. We already know this. Um, But right now, I think John Roberts uh, was talking, you know, basically trying to say that because uh, he deleted the tweet and I don't know what the drama is and I don't know if you've seen the drama on this I did uh, yeah. John Roberts of Fox News yes when he's in his tweet was basically a, this this really reopens or, or the the whole uh, debate about um, uh, the breakthrough and vaccines and do they work and that sort of thing and Ugh. and that was horrible yes and Jeff Tiedrick is the one that, that said Colin Powell didn't die because he was vaccinated he died because you weren't because other people weren't and that's what happens you know as a person uh, with cancer and Mm -hmm. you know I got I was first in line to get my my third shot Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to be healthy I wanted to ward off 
um, uh, COVID from the COVID idiots out there for people like me. And I'm not 84, right. like Colin Powell was. Um, but, uh, you know, Colin Powell uh, would have died of something, obviously, his diseases at some point down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't know how much t- time we have, but, me- right. you know, medicine, modern medicine keeps people alive and functioning and having lives for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can live with, with some kinds of cancer and Parkinson's even. So he died of covid mm-hmm. and because these other diseases made him vulnerable from it and so the the people who talk about you know my freedoms or try and put out misinformation claiming the vaccines don't work and and they only uh, it work for the people who have them it's like no if everybody has them mm-hmm. you get rid of the disease you know you don't see polio now and i it infuriates yeah. me um but it makes me uh sad i guess i'm gonna you're not having a great day i'm gonna make you feel worse but it makes me sad for humanity that people are so selfish that they won't even do this to keep vulnerable populations from dying Mm -hmm. and for colin powell a hero uh, who survived so much in his life and was surviving these other Mm -hmm. diseases for him to die the horrible death of covid and we know it's a horrible Mm -hmm. death um it's unconscionable that we still have people and so-called journalists um uh, and people still being given a platform to spout mm-hmm. such nonsense about COVID. I think there should be a shunning of people yes. in our society who won't wear masks, who won't get vaccinated. I live in a place where um, we have more people in, in the hospital for COVID than any other hospital in the state. And it makes me sick. I mm-hmm. go places and people are unvaxxed and they don't care and they think it's okay. And then on Facebook, you have people saying, well, let's keep it polite. You know, it's like, you know what? Right. I think no. we are past a point polite, where we yeah. need to be polite. You have to look at this, Kimberly, as somebody at your door mm-hmm. trying to get at one of your loved ones and kill them. They mm-hmm. want to put the, the pillow over the face. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be polite about it. We are, I'm going to rant here, but Good. we are past <laughs> the point where politeness works. Yeah. This is not okay. There's no debate on, on vaccinations and whether they work or not, right. um, or if they sometimes fail. So I have no patience and no, I will not be polite for these idiots mm-hmm. who are out there, you know, acting like, like this is about their freedom. Yeah. So, and the sh- shunning, I'm a hundred percent. A couple of weeks ago, I put up a couple of different tweets. One of them went crazy on Reddit. And that was the basic gist is that these people should be shunned. And it was amazing. I mean, I know you're not going to be surprised at all. But the amount of, aside from the anti-vaxxer bullshit that I got, it was so much misogyny. And, you know, whether it was like wishing me dead or horrible things, wishing me raped. Just because I think that people who like, you know, basically for what you just said and it's just like on top of the fact that we have to deal with this group that, you know, this cult, this brainwashed, dangerous death cult, and, 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 and then throw misogyny on top of it. And it was like, it didn't hurt me. I wasn't like, oh, boo-hoo. I am used to it. But it but like you said, it's a sad statement on humanity. It's a stad, sad statement that about what's happening. That we're still going through this. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. making me, it's just driving me nuts. And it's hard for me. Like right now I am having, and here's what I'm, I'm going to talk about the thing that I don't want to talk about. And I'll just say this. When Trump became president, my first initial fear, which, which faded very quickly because it was replaced with Russia. But my initial fear was North Korea. I was so afraid that something was going to happen and there was going to be a nuclear fallout or something like that. Okay, that didn't happen. But then we found out all the other crap. Now to my my new North Korea is mansion and cinema. <laughs> it's like yeah. I can't deal with I can't deal. And I just I don't even fucking know. I mean, we know what's happening. The Republicans are paying them off. 
to keep them from advancing Biden's agenda. And I'm just like, I want to ask you, because I ask everybody, what do you think is going to happen between now and the midterms? Do you have any hope? That- I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a prediction. <laughs> um, but I can tell I you, I do good. think that cinema is being paid off. Yeah. Um, the uh, Her, her, her uh, personal wealth has grown exponentially. Uh-huh. Um, and she is so blatant about it. You mm-hmm. know, Mansion comes from a state that... Um, uh, it's a little easier to pull a wool over people's eyes. I went to school there. Mm-hmm. I went to college there. I've owned prop- vacation property there for over a decade. So I don't need West Virginia people to to come at me. I know what I'm talking about. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know West Virginia people, and have and you know, part of my childhood and teen years were just miles from the state line. So I'm aware of of what it is, and it's true. And it's a very poor mm-hmm. state. And I think he takes advantage mm-hmm. of that. The mansion name is very good, very big in the state. And sometimes that's all people care about, that mm-hmm. he is harming the people in the state. But cinema is a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, she's acting scared. Uh, I think she thought this would be easy. I think she thought it was going to be fun. I think she thought being a senator and stepping into the John McCain role and wearing her funky outfits mm-hmm. and being as cool as she could possibly be. And then she finds out this is hard work yeah. and um, not everybody thinks she's cool. And I think she saw, I think somebody got to her. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything personal that she could be blackmailed on unless it's financial dealings. Cause she's very open about yeah. her sexuality. Right, care, exactly, you know? yeah. um, and she seems to kind of flaunt having a wild personality with the clothing and the purple hair and all that. Okay, fine. Good for her. Um, but there's something else going on. Her behavior is, is, is not, doesn't make sense under normal circumstances. So somebody is pulling the strings for her Mm -hmm. very blatantly. I don't believe she wants to be a Senator. I think Mm -hmm. she wants to get as much money as she Mm -hmm. can and go away. And I don't think think, she's even somebody who wants to be a lobbyist in DC. I literally Mm. think, She's just building her personal wealth so that she can live the rest of her life in comfort. Hmm, interesting. Well, I, you know, I mean, I agree with you that when I see people trying to threaten her on Twitter with like, oh, we're going to primary, she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't give I a shit. Gives, that's, well, that's, I've seen that too. I've seen the same exact thing that you're talking about. And that's part of why I came to the conclusion that she just wants the money and get out. Yeah. Remember, she, she was making about 30 something a year mm-hmm. and now she's got, uh, you know, 800 something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's happened pretty quickly. So if you're somebody who's used to living on, you know, $34,000 a year, you know, if you can get a million in the yeah. bank by the time your Senate term is over, you're rich. You yeah. think you're rich. You're, this is more money than you've ever thought you would see in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think she just wants to go off and, and uh, you know, be rich. Yeah, go on her wine tastings and things like that and just have a life of luxury. And then on top yeah. of it, Jared Yates Sexton did a, a tweet thread, just like a mini one. But one of the things that he said was the media has to stop covering hacks like Mansion and Cinema, like their budget hawks or whatever nonsense they're peddling. They're agents of uh, they're agents of the wealthy and ensuring our money gets redistributed to the top while we're reminded constantly that the government won't help us. And I totally agree with that because I think a, a big part of this is the media's narrative. And we've seen it a million times over and over again the the republicans say oh it's a liberal media and so the media bends over backwards to prove that they're not and on i think on top of it there's also some of these 
you know, some of the people who own MSNBC or own CNN or any of you forget Fox, but I think that, you know, they're recognizing that they get more money. They, I guess, obviously they did it in 2016 with Donald Trump and showing empty podiums while Hillary was out there talking about real issues. They didn't want to film or, or, or record her. And whether you like Hillary or hate Hillary, it doesn't matter. You were looking at empty podiums and, and tarmacs and, and, and this whole horse race and Dems in disarray. Um, it drives me fucking nuts to see. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's like today I'm well, and, having such a hard time. <laughs> look, and Manchin likes the attention. Look, yes, he's, he does. He's, he's always been, um, he's uh, been a backbencher despite all of his years in, in politics and as governor of the state and whatnot. It's still, you know, a small, you know, poor state. Um, he's never he's never been you know it's what you do if you're a rich west virginian your last name is mansion Mm -hmm. um because you know they go back for so long so this is what you do um you do politics so Mm -hmm. it hasn't been very exciting for him well all of a sudden for the first time in his life in his career he is the center of attention Mm -hmm. he holds um he controls the senate right now he controls you know he and cinema they control Um, everything that happens and you know there was only like a quarter million people that you know gave him the mm-hmm. the his his seat and so those are the people that that you know 250,000 people now backing somebody who now makes has more power than anybody else in the country yeah. in some ways i think he enjoys it even if he, if he is not by now he's obviously getting lots of money mm-hmm. but he's figuring out a way to turn it into something else he might just simply enjoy having that kind of power mm-hmm. you know these guys are in the senate for a long time there's a lot of personal relationships mm-hmm. behind the scenes grievances and whatnot mm-hmm. um and but they're first and foremost people so right now yeah. he's thinking okay i got this power i may not know exactly how to wield it right now but i'll turn it into something all they know is there's this instinct from guys like this and women like this there's an instinct to just run with it mm-hmm. and get as much out of it as you can and he'll figure out how to how to wield this power and do something with it later. Um, but right now, I I I, I think that he and, and Cinema are in two different spots in terms of yeah. this. I mean, obviously, his campaign contributions right. okay, fine. Um, but I think it goes. I think it's more than that with him. It's mm-hmm. ego, and with her, I think she wants out and she wants a nice payday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised, though, if she did go to work, Not maybe not as a lobbyist, but just somewhere where she could make money for the think tanks. I don't know. Or I could also see where she just wants to run off. And, uh, you know, but once you kind of get, start getting money, you then you want more money. And once you get that taste. <laughs> yes, you get the taste for it. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message. Hey, it's Kimberly. Are you a patron of the show yet? If you're not, it's really easy to become one. So easy. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the different tiers. Choose the one you like and become a patron today. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we are back. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up uh, along these lines is, okay, I want I want to praise and then also criticize the Democratic Party. So I'm going to start with the criticism and then we're going to move into the praise and that's and that's where we're going to get into a little bit of Rick Wilson. But um, and I think I, I think you know what I'm talking about here. But the the, the criticism is that this is driving me nuts because I don't want to attack Democrats. Democrats are the only 
people party standing in between us and an autocracy. Um, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. It, you know, I, I, I just, I'm not attacking them with this. It's just, it's criti I'm criticizing. And I think what they have failed to do, I think they're good at governing, but what they have failed to do is recognize half the country doesn't vote and somehow to educate uh, the, it's not just them, because you have to go out and get the new voters, educate the new voters, but you also have to keep the people who voted for you in the last election interested. And so part of it is the press and, and how the press handles it, but the party itself, I feel like, you know, I mean, you have one senator here, like, of course, when you see somebody like Elizabeth Warren um, on MSNBC, she's going to say, here's what's in the Build Back Better bill. Here's how it's going to benefit you. But, it, but the party isn't doing that. I'd like the party to figure, they have Hollywood at their, you know, fucking Rob Reiner, Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, these mega wealthy people that would more than likely donate their time to some kind of, um, I don't know, campaign uh, to educate people on whatever, whatever they feel like people should know. And I think they should hire, you know, just have a portion of, of the money that the Democrats get set aside. And I know they do this to a degree. Now I know there are think tanks, but it's like, if you have some psychologists and then you have some really good marketing people who can take whatever the psychologists are telling them and, you know, put it down into a quick little thing, you know, like in the, in the build back better, you would just have a certain amount of talking points, quick, 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 this is how you benefit. And, and they're just not doing that. And, you know, it's, it's not up necessarily. The media should be doing a better job, but they're not. So it's like the Democrats, I think, I'll see what you think, but I think the Democrats could be doing more to reach out to people who usually do not vote and also, you know, figure out a better messaging system. And you were a Republican. So I think you, you were a, a centrist Republican, but you saw with your own eyes how they work. And yeah. I mean, what do you think they could be doing better? Well, first of all, you kind of described something with the, with the stars, what we did with America Reads a Mueller Report. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had <Yeah. laughs> celebrities reading direct excerpts. We were not in your face. There was no political commentary mm -hmm. because um, you want to, you, the, the thing, the way you turn out the base um, is to start with the, is indicting people and start mm -hmm. exposing the crimes of Trump and his allies. Mm -hmm. And that will also, if it's done in a very direct way, um, that will also um, get those people in the margins, the people we targeted in America Reasonable Report. There there are some Trump supporters, less so now than there used to be, who um, are Republicans and they vote Republican because they're not getting accurate information. They don't know what's in the Build Back mm -hmm. Better bill. They, they just like with the Mueller report, they didn't really know what was in it because they only watch Fox News. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they aren't, and, and then maybe they read their local paper. Mm -hmm. So they're not the cult. They just are. And some of them are older people who aren't on Twitter. You know, they aren't on. They're not on. They might be on Facebook, but they're just not accessing the information that we get. Uh, you know, people like you and me, and 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 most people we're talking about, because we think, why doesn't everybody know this? How can they still support? Republicans and support Trump knowing this. Well, they, they don't know. Close elections are won or lost on the margins. Mm -hmm. So you have to nibble around those margins and target these people. And it is, it's not exciting. The <laughs> way you target them does not um, energize the base, but you do exactly what you're talking about. You educate them mm -hmm. and you keep pounding at that while you also are walking and chewing gum at the same time. You're pounding away uh, putting out the truth on COVID mm -hmm. and on all of the Trump scandals so that and just fighting back i think a lot of us are doing a pretty good job of working if 
beat back the misinformation on COVID. Yeah. What I do on Twitter is I don't engage them anymore. I hide their replies mm-hmm. and I, I report them. <laughs> I hide replies and I block. Yes. I don't give them oxygen. They need my Twitter followers, by the way. If yes. you're not following me on Twitter, it's at Sherry Jacobus. <laughs> um, but you know, they, I don't, they need you as their host body, so you don't let them do that. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of work for activists like this that mm-hmm. are out there, particularly those who have been sick and need to now go make a living. <laughs> um, but but I think you're right. Um, that The Democrat party needs to do more um this isn't the 90s or the early 2000s this is a whole different Mm -hmm. time and in Mm -hmm. some ways they're not um maybe they don't want to they're not willing to accept that this is where we are they they Mm -hmm. seem to a lot of them are kind of old war horses dinosaurs Mm -hmm. in some ways they seem to want to get back to the old way as quickly as possible I, i think in some ways maybe Maybe that's why some don't really want to go after Trump mm-hmm. for his crimes and his and his family and his allies, because um, they're thinking that'll disrupt things. And this, there's like this goal, like, well, we're we're going to get past this, mm-hmm. and the goal is to get past this uh, in the best way, in easiest way possible, so that we can go back to the old ways. We are we yeah. don't want the old ways. No. Um, the reason you've got so many. Uh, former Republicans, I'm an independent and I vote blue now, is because we know what the old ways are. Our eyes have been opened uh, mm-hmm. and, and we saw where it took us. And you know, I left the party the minute they, they um, nominated Trump. And I had certainly had problems with the party mm-hmm. over the years, um, but that did it for me. There was yeah. no room for people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was corrupt and I, I knew it. So if, if, if the dinosaurs in the Democratic Party uh, who run it um, and have leadership positions think that we're just going to go back to the old way. Yeah. Um, they're going to piss off a lot of people who simply won't go come out and vote. Yeah. Um, Biden is president and Democrats have the House and the Senate. Well, Senate's weird, of course, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a lot of money that people donated to go towards um, those causes ended up in other people's pockets. And so we didn't do as well with the Senate and certainly not as well with the House as we would have liked to build a cushion to uh, against um, the expected losses in the next year's midterms. But, you know, you energize the base by getting the bad guys. There are a lot of people who voted blue, um, people like me who realize, okay, if there's certain uh, policy agenda that I've preferred over the years, um, I have to accept the fact that my party screwed up mm-hmm. um, and that whatever happened, we ended up with Trump. So that those those things that I've always kind of liked, most of them are going to go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Right now is an anti-corruption agenda. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, but also part of corruption is, is you know, um, uh, fraudulent spending in the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. cut out waste and fraud. And that's a good you know, looking at, at, at budgets and how money is being spent um, and making sure, frankly, that we tax the gazillionaires, mm-hmm. which yes. sounds very anti, not what Republicans think. But when you're looking at fairness and anti-corruption, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't capitalism like in the Reagan years where mm-hmm. a CEO made, you know, 30 times what the average worker did and had the nicest uh, house in town. They now own islands and planes yeah. and have, make 300 times what others and do. And fly into space. Yeah. This is not. Yeah, this is not your daddy's capitalism anymore, so people right. should stop acting like it is. Um, yeah, no, but this is just realistic. But as yeah. a former Republican, my immediate agenda would be to be a part of a coalition to help the Democratic Party be a governing coalition for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the Republican Party come back anytime soon because mm-hmm. the people who are involved in it, you know, I don't, if they suddenly change their minds about Trump or, or, 
because they have to, because they see which way the wind is blowing. I don't want to sit at a table with them. I don't want them in yeah. charge. They are bad people, mm -hmm. and character does matter. I want them to die out. When they can no longer be a part of it, then maybe there's a younger version of something resembling the good things about the Republican Party that at least helped make it a strong two-party system. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want that now. So, again, yeah. people like me want the corruption cleaned up. We want the bad guys, Trump and his his thugs, held accountable. Um, and if that doesn't happen, you know, we're 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 kind of out. Yeah. So to get you, know, you have to do both things. You have to educate people who care about the, 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 the that would care about the stuff mm -hmm. in, in the Biden agenda if they knew about it, mm -hmm. if it was pounded. Mm -hmm. And so that way. If it's good stuff that moderates who maybe were Republicans can support once they find out how crooked Trump has been and how we can never go back, those are those margins I'm talking about that you nibble around. You have to target mm -hmm. those people carefully. I don't yeah. think that's happening. No, it's not. And I think we've got half the country not voting. That's a huge pool. It's like no, we, we shouldn't be trying to convince these I, I, you know, they're called the myth now, but these swing voters, I, I don't know how anybody at this point in time could be a swing voter. But Stop trying to worry about them. Worry about the people who aren't paying attention. And you can get, I mean, I think, and I've said this before, if Biden would do a thing where he just talks uh, to us, you know, the fireside chat idea where he's not standing in front of a podium in front of reporters, that he's just talking to the American people and saying, look, this is what we want to do. And this is what's holding us up. And, you know, and, and he can find if there's a Republican out there that's doing a good job, he can praise that Republican like Liz Cheney or something like that. I mean, obviously Fox News is going to go after him but who cares because they do it anyway and yeah the the like my take on this is that if he were to do this on a regular basis doesn't have to be every week but just on a regular basis count on him you know whether it's even just online of course they would play it on television and I think it would get to these local TV stations where a lot of people, when they're not paying attention and not voting, they catch a little bit of the evening news and then their friends tell them something and it's word of mouth and it's like, oh, Biden said this. Right now they don't know. And it's not going to solve every problem, but it's educating. And, you know, I mean, of all the people, Biden would be the most perfect to come out and say because he's always talking about getting along and trying to find some kind of you know meet in the middle well this way he can he can point out the democrats you know he, he could do whatever he wanted but basically what he should do is explain to the people what what are in the bills and what's happening in congress right now because i can guarantee you when i was 22 23 years old i wasn't paying attention to any of this shit i didn't care about politics but if i would have understood um, that, you know, the Supreme Court had as much power over my life, if I would have fully embraced that, I would have been more engaged. And I think that's all it is. It's like th there are people out there, it takes one thing, make it personal. Tell people why this affects you. And then all of a sudden they become engaged and they're, oh, I need to vote. And I mean, voting can feel very um, overwhelming because you get these packets in the mail and you're like, I don't know who this one is, but you know the Democrats make it very easy for you. They, if you go online, you can look up uh, who the Democrats are are endorsing out of this list of people. Um, if you just want to take it as simple as that, or you can do your own research on how they voted and what the, you know what information is out there on them. But there's just so much they could do, and it just I feel like they could do more. And that's I want to be clear that's not an attack on them. It's just a desire to see them work harder because I now to go on the other end of this I genuinely trust 
Adam Schiff. I think he does yes. not fuck around. And it was driving me nuts the other day when he said on Chris Hayes, he said, we're going to go after he said i expect on wednesday bannon is going to be arrested and the reason he expects it is because he doesn't think bannon is going to go okay i'll talk to you so he says expect and then of course everybody's like yeah i'll believe it when i see it and it's like thanks rick wilson (laughs) and so as you know rick wilson put out that alarmist tweet um basically acting and then he takes this bow afterwards because the the uh committee quote tweeted him and called it nonsense what he said and liz cheney because he was basically saying they weren't going to arrest bannon he had some source which is fucking bullshit yeah uh, yeah i want to i worked on capitol hill and i was communications director for one of the committees you know for republicans but it was one of the moderate committees because they couldn't you know otherwise because there were some committees they couldn't put me on because i wasn't a conservative um i know how the committee committees work i can guarantee you that there was nobody on a committee (laughs) who had any information that was giving a a republican um super pack operative known to be a grifter uh secret information that other people didn't have but this this way rick got attention he Uh gets people sending him money and then um he can either claim that he was right or that he caused them to to Mm -hmm. to take some action because it wasn't long because liz cheney uh, responded to it and said this isn't true mm-hmm. i mean she spanked him <laughs> and then she said we'd be putting out a statement so then everybody's like oh they're only putting out a statement because of rick yes no they weren't no i can guarantee you that the committee was actually putting out a statement on the subpoena since that was on the table that's what they were doing mm-hmm. that statement was coming out anyway i can also tell you that it takes a long time to get a statement through committee because i used to write them mm-hmm. i would draft them and it's not like a congressional office where you know you got the press secretary and maybe the chief of staff sees it usually just the one member of congress on a committee you've got a chairman and in this case co-chairman you probably got some senior staff they probably even might want to run some of this stuff uh by the speaker's office since this is a special committee on you know the, Janu- the january 6th committee um so there's absolutely no way that this happened i don't know if rick has ever worked on capitol hill i don't believe he has i've known him for years long mm-hmm. before he was famous on twitter and we've been friends and allies but mm-hmm. um the 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 stuff that's happened with the lincoln project has had me mm-hmm. incensed because they they took advantage of the situation and uh, actually harmed us i believe yeah. um by putting so much money in their own pockets that could have gone mm-hmm. towards uh building um a greater democratic majority in the house and the senate mm-hmm. i know aoc touched on this and they attacked her mm-hmm. um but having tens of millions of dollars go into their pockets um instead of going to house races by the way the average successful house congressional rate campaign costs about two million dollars um, and in 2020, they were supposed to gain seats. They lost a net 10. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to gain seats to build that cushion uh, of security mm-hmm. against the expected midterm losses. So Democrats, there's a very good chance they'll lose the House uh, next year. And I think you can look at, at Lincoln Project as one reason why. Uh, same as some of the money that could have gone to help with the Senate. So you know, people just need to be very careful who they make their yeah. heroes. I get attacked on this yeah, um, I know. for saying this a lot, but it's backed up by financial statements, by investigative pieces. I mean, this has been all over the place. Mm-hmm. I had a hint this was happening when I saw early articles coming out where they were saying, we have this great ad that we're running on Twitter, and it's hard-hitting. I'm thinking, well, first of all, um, hard negative ads don't work on persuadable voters. They get mm-hmm. the base agenda, but they don't work on persuadable voters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it alienates them. Uh, but secondly, n- no reporter was making when there was no information. Okay, where is this? But 
where is this ad running and how big is the buy? And all of my decades mm-hmm. of experience in politics, I've never seen anything like that. You know, Bill Crystal's group, they'd say, this is who we're targeting. Mm-hmm. This is where it's running. This is how much the buy is. And that's just standard operating procedure. So from the beginning, things were looking a little bit hinky. And then you think, well, okay, so a bunch of guys got rich off it. Um, you know, that's Citizens United allowing them to do it. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the numbers and you look at the results in uh, the election, and especially since there were studies that came out that said they had no impact, again, because they weren't mm-hmm. really targeting persuadable voters. They were putting these ads on Twitter, getting everybody to open their wallets because um, they were hard-hitting ads and mm-hmm. pretty cheaply um, produced. Yeah. And and that was it. And um, so it, it was, you know, you, you got to be careful. I don't have a personal vendetta against those guys. And it bothers me when people come at me on Twitter saying, this is personal. What's your beef against them? I and, know, they do it and, all the time. And acting, yeah, it's not. It's like if you if you follow me at all, you know that I call this stuff out on, on any – any side because mm-hmm. this is damaging mm-hmm. um there are group, legitimate groups out there that are doing good work and you can always give directly to candidates but mm-hmm. when people are giving money that they think is there to help elect mm-hmm. democrats and it's not you know they need you fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me so yeah um, yeah and i mean I, that, I was trying very hard to give them the benefit of the doubt because i do recognize although i don't believe we should cheat and i don't believe we we should behave exactly like the Republican Party is right now. We shouldn't break rules and all that. But it's good to have aggressive fighters because Democrats are not very aggressive. Occasionally we have some, you know, I mean, I look at somebody like Adam Schiff and I think he's a real badass, but I mean, he's not like this uh, attack dog. And it's not that I necessarily think you need an attack dog, but we are in new territory now because the Republican Party is not behaving like anything we've ever seen. And, and, and definitely voters want to feel like, I mean, I think Eric Swalwell does a really good job of coming off, you know, with an aggressive attitude, but not being, not breaking rules, not going over and being nasty. It's not that he's nasty. It's just that he, uh, he says what needs to be said and he doesn't hold back and he's not afraid, you know, he's not afraid to say fuck or something like that. And, you know, I mean, it just, it doesn't really mean anything to say fuck, but people like, they feel like, okay, somebody, somebody's got our back. They're looking out for us. And that was the thing that I, you know, I don't like, I, 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 Basically, I have worked enough with like grassroots organizations when I was organizing the ERA rally. Uh, I, I hate to say this. I genuinely hate to say this. But, you know, there were petty disagreements and petty arguments. And it's, it's, it's really difficult because I know that that's happening, not necessarily with Stacey Abrams people. I think Stacey Abrams is unbelievable and she, she knows what she's doing. But it's like yes. getting, getting people to work together uh, for Democrats is really can be a fucking headache. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I I try not to talk about it too much because the ERA is very close to me, but um, you know, I want it to succeed and all of that. And I don't want to call anybody out, but it's like, you have all these personal, I mean, it's happening right now. There's something going on in Twitter chat rooms and there's fighting going on. I'm in a lot of them, excuse me. And I, I try to stay out of it. I don't chat with people on DMs, you know, especially in these big groups, because what happens is drama, drama, drama. I'm going, I'm going way off the rails here. But bringing it back to Rick Wilson, I, I, I figured that, okay, I can look at, I can say, I don't like what you did before. I don't, I don't like how you've behaved in the past. But if you're willing to help the Democrats, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But everything you just said makes me not want to support him or them. 
Yeah, I think I, I think they should. You know, it was George Conway when he got what he needed. Yes, so I never liked that band. I think now, you know, they're 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 still overpaying people. I don't think they're bringing in the money that they were because um, yeah, the smart got people kind of you know get what the grift was. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of rank and file people on Twitter who haven't seen mm-hmm. the many articles exposing the corruption and the grift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lies and the generational um, wealth comment that Steve Schmidt kept repeating. Yeah, generational wealth um, was that was bad. You know, there's a I have a friend who's a uh, a former uh, Democratic um, operative and has held office now as an independent, and he's very smart. Um, and I'm not going to say who he is because he's well known. But he said at the time, he said, you know, they really had something there that they could have done some good work yes. with. Um, but again, from the beginning, the fact that it was all political consultants and no other people you know bill crystal's group they hired the political people and they certainly pay them but it wasn't primarily political consultants Mm -hmm. um so right away something doesn't look good when it's all political consultants uh but this friend said they should have each when they saw how that they really had support and that there was a a space for them they should have each taken a million and that's Mm -hmm. a really really good payday uh for one cycle and then just kicked ass Mm -hmm. the rest of the time and they could have been leaders and done this campaign cycle after campaign cycle Mm -hmm. election cycle after election cycle Mm -hmm. and and done this each time and had really nice incomes and nice lives but it's like that it's like they were a bunch of little boys who just got greedy yeah and uh you know puffing their chests out and you know the big swing and dick club and that, that's my term not my friends but that's that's what it was and they blew it and they yeah. kind of blew it for other people too because uh unless unless we can make people just really check these groups out before you mm-hmm. donate to them um and you know it but it makes it harder um but it just reinforces how bad citizens united is oh, it uh, does, that this yeah. stuff can happen um, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, and here we kind of get taken advantage of, and mm-hmm. they're still overpaying. I mean, <laughs> people, and um, because they can, and mm-hmm. some, and they're trying to spread money around, and you know that silences people. It keeps their mm-hmm. critics uh, from from yeah. from coming out, and it's just the money's just not being spent uh, to help Democrats uh, get elected. You know, when you're paying Tara Setzmeyer twenty five thousand dollars a month, although mm-hmm. I hear it's even more now, but that's wow. not the a financial show that's more than members of Congress make. Right. Um, that's more than a lot of people to sit in a basement and do LPTV. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just not appropriate. No, um, no. And I don't think that, and while there might be people who enjoy these, those little, the little online TV thing, I don't think that um, $25,000 a month, when you look at congressional campaigns that right now at this stage in the game that are just gearing up and and you know, early money is the money is a mother's milk of politics, as mm-hmm. Phil Graham used to say. Uh, but mm-hmm. these congressional campaigns that can do so much with that amount of money. Yeah. So when people write big checks to the Lincoln Project or other groups um, like them, and and to you know, they think it's going to be going to do mm-hmm. to do something to elect Democrats, and when it's not, these are this is huge amounts of money being siphoned away from mm-hmm. the effort, and it's illegal. Yeah, it's all legal. Yeah, and that's just the most depressing part of it. Um, Yeah, exactly, Citizens United. Uh, The last question I want to ask you about is, okay, so there's all this debate about Merrick Garland and what's going on. My take on it today, because it could change tomorrow, my take on it today is I feel kind of slightly disappointed, but at the same time, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And um, I know that... It's not just talk, but if you want to build up a real solid case, you have to make sure you've got every, you know, all your ducks in order. But that said, I've seen you say on Twitter, 
more than once um, that, you know, just what's in the Mueller report, indictments could come out of that. So what is your overall feeling? How could they improve? And, and what would make you happy at this point with, you know, indictments coming forward? And then we're going to talk a little bit after this about uh, Steve Bannon. But I just want to know, yeah. you know, what well, you think. It's, it's possible that DOJ is waiting for Congress to do something first to kind of get the ball rolling, although I don't know why they would do that. Um, I'm alarmed uh, that we have uh, members of Congress saying it doesn't appear to us that 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 uh, that the DOJ is investigating Trump. Um, hmm. That is very alarming. Yeah. Um, and the fact that um, they cannot confer with the White House and won't, we don't know if Merrick Garland is doing his job or not. Hmm. And this notion that we're supposed to just trust him um, is also a little bit frightening. And we have Joe Biden, President Biden, who came out the other day and said, yes, I think these people should be indicted if they're guilty. Mm-hmm. And then DOJ quickly comes out and, and, and says, hey, we're separate from you. However, I think that um, when it gets to the point where it's clear that DOJ is not doing anything, when the statute of limitations starts running out, mm-hmm. it's getting close, that's when it's clear he's not doing his job and he should be fired for that, mm-hmm. for that. Because when there are obvious... Uh, um, things such as the 10 counts of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report and others mm-hmm. um, that are, it's already done. I mean, my gosh, you, you don't need to go do anything else. Trump was on sitting there talking to Lester Holt on NBC News yes. <laughs> <laughs> committing obstruction of justice. Yeah. This is pretty cut and dry. Uh, so when it's, when that becomes clear and I did answers from legal eagles the other day, I posted this on, on Twitter, but I wanted to know, if the January 6th Congressional Committee um, does enough work, and if it's clear that Garland is is not doing his job, can he be fired? And is there enough there where they can just pick up and and take and and take something from the committee and use it? Well, the committee, I'm told now, is doing different types of work. They can't get everything done. My fear is that Garland is sitting on everything. And it doesn't mm. matter what the um, January 6th committee comes up with. I'm also concerned. Well, I'm glad that that, um, that they're moving on the Bannon stuff, which you said we'll talk about. They should be able to do the same. They they don't have to go one at a time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, Bannon might be the easiest because he was not um, uh, a, a White House employee in any way, shape or form. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it is concerning that so much seems to be uh, blocked mm-hmm. uh, so far. You know, we seem to be getting clogged here. And you can do more than just Bannon. And if they think mm-hmm. they can get Bannon and we're going to be happy with that, they got another thing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> For those of us who have been harmed irreparably by Trump and his thugs, mm-hmm. uh, including his thugs in the media, mm-hmm. um, by the way, I don't know why Jeff Zucker hasn't left CNN. He said he was leaving by the end of the year. And my fear is that he's going to stay. Hmm. Uh, sidebar there. Uh, but, uh, you know, then we're going to be getting into an election year, and they're going to say, "Well, you know, it's an election year; we can't do anything." Yeah. Um, we're going to have. I, right. You know, what I would yeah. like to see is a list of somebody put together a full list of when the statute of limitations runs out on these various crimes. Um, but something has to give. You're saying, "What would I?" You go back to your question. What would I like to see happen? I want to see something happen mm-hmm. so that there's some momentum. And otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of people who simply won't vote because we worked mm-hmm. our asses off to elect Democrats. Mm-hmm. And um, to see this happen is not okay. Yeah. Uh, it means they're all in on it. They're all protecting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if there's an R after the name or a D, but um, 
you know, we almost lost it all on January 6th. And yeah. if they can't do anything about that, if they can't do anything about the Mueller report, um, if they can't do anything about the cases that were shut down by Southern District of New York mm-hmm. upon the orders of Jeff Sessions or Bill Barr, and I know for a fact that these are things that did happen, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's silent about it. When uh, Jeffrey Berman, who used to be Southern District of New York head, uh, was hauled, it was asked to testify under oath behind closed doors in front of Congress uh, to, to a congressional committee about Bill Barr trying to fire him. He carefully negotiated um, uh, very strict limits on the questioning. It could only be about his interactions with Barr about that matter, because the last thing he wanted was to have to answer questions about did Barr, did Sessions, did Whitaker even tell you to shut down investigations um, that were getting a little bit too close to Trump and his thugs? And I'm told by people who know about this stuff that that is something that will never come to light because Mm. that's just too scary for people. That's just too big and implicates too many people and would crater any trust that we have in the FBI, Southern District of New York, and other Hmm. bureaus, um, other law enforcement. And so there's going to be so much. We might get get some crumbs with Bannon. We might get one or two things with Trump. I hope something puts Mm -hmm. it behind bars. But – I hate to say this. I just think that the vast majority of this stuff is all just going to be swept under the rug. Yeah, I agree. I I, I sadly agree. I mean, I I hope that we get enough that, that all hope is not lost. I hope that, you know, there's enough faith, hope, whatever in our system that people stay engaged, but I agree with you and it's, it's not going to be, we're used to seeing this. I mean, that that's why you're saying this because we're used to seeing people who are in powerful positions, positions get, they're protected. And, um, and, and then really, they get TV contracts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Corey Lewandowski. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I, I, I lied. I said this was the last thing. I do want to talk about Bannon. And then I, I, I want to talk about your tweet thread. And that will be the last thing. So um, okay. with Bannon, um, I'm going to go with what, uh, what's his name? Adam Schiff said. I, I'm just going to take him at his word because I see no reason for him to say, oh, I expect we're going to basically arrest Steve Bannon on Wednesday. He's not going to say it and then not do it. He's going to fucking do it. He understands the consequences. These people do under, you know, whether or not they're in a a bubble and they're not fully grasping what the public wants. I know Adam Schiff does. He does not mess around and he's not just going to say it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think... I, what I want to ask you about and talk to you, there is, you know, the, fe- the, the fear, I guess, and I, people have talked about the fear that the Democrats would have uh, by punishing. I think it was even Rob Reiner. Like, we can't be afraid to, to punish the bullies because we're afraid what the bullies are going to do. And I think that's kind of like the feeling here is maybe Democrats are worried that if they are too hard on the criminals who cr- committed crimes – that the that it's going to hurt them politically or that it's going to come back and and I, my, I mean my thought on this is if the republicans take over that's it we're done the country's done we're not going to have another election where the democrats have to worry about what the republicans are going to say because republicans are never going to let them back in they're going to take hold and and that's what just they're going to do that but um no, I'm, I they'll, wanna... they'll impeach Biden no matter what. Exactly. If you think behind the scenes now that they're negotiating, look, you don't do X, Y, and Z, you won't get impeached. I don't. I mean, it, this is what they will will do. In fact, there are some even talking about uh, making Trump the Speaker of the House because yes. you do not have to be a member of Congress yes. to be Speaker of the House. Um, these are all things that can happen. Um, so if it's just about okay, we know you guys are going to win the House back. 
uh, next year and maybe the Senate. Um, so we're not going to hurt you too much now if you promise not to hurt us then. Right. And it's very possible that's some that that's what's happening. And that's um, and frightening. That's and that's, and that's wrong. horrible. It's wrong. Um, um, but um, this is kind of where we are. Yeah. And there might be that kind of horse trading going on. But again, if we were able to win seats last year instead of lose seats, mm-hmm. like it was supposed to happen, that mm-hmm. was the year when you're winning everything else. You're mm-hmm. supposed to win house seats. Um, and people were donating to that effort. And half of that money, you know, got siphoned away to build yeah. personal wealth. Um, and so it, it's it's very important. Um, I also think that there's, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of voter suppression. There's going to be a number yeah. of reasons why the Dems could very, Democrats could very easily lose at a minimum the House, yeah. possibly the Senate. And it's because we haven't taken these issues head on. It's because we're pretending they aren't as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when uh, Nancy Pelosi blew past the Mueller report. Um, because there wasn't proven um, conspir- criminal conspiracy with Russia. Well, mm-hmm. then we find out that, that, that sp- the scope was – collusion was there, but they weren't looking for collusion, mm-hmm. and, the, and they found obstruction of justice. And so Democrats decided to let it go. Um, remember how they also – when Roger Stone and Michael Caputo were caught lying under oath to Congress about their contact with Russians, a Russian who went by the name of Hank Greenberg, Henry Greenberg – um, here in the states, um, they were caught lying under oath, um, and that's uh, and uh, the, he it, Caputo was like, "Damn you all to hell!" to Congress, saying, claiming that he had had to cash in his daughter's college funds to pay for lawyers. He still kept his Florida vacation home. We later find out that he lied, mm-hmm. that Stone lied, and they found out because Mueller caught them. Mueller had had their communications catching them lying. Well, you know what? Rather than um, than than refer. Roger Stone and Michael Caputo to DOJ for indictment, which, of course, Jeff Sessions was AG at the time, would have let them off the hook. But at least at least you get that on their record. Mm-hmm. Instead, they let them amend their testimony. Ugh. They let them get away with the lie. Well, I'm sorry, but if they had done what if Congress needs to do their part, even if they couldn't control what DOJ was going to do, because what happened was that Caputo slid by that. He was he was able to slide by that with that lie yeah. and by the way he and that russian they knew each other they both had mailboxes in the same little you know storefront there in in, in mailbox storefront in in miami they knew each other so he was lying about a lot of stuff caputo went on then to go to hhs where he was able to do his best to kill seven hundred thousand people wanted COVID spread wanted kids to get it you really think that he would have had uh and that kind of credibility to do that had congress referred him uh, to DOJ for indictment. Now he would have slid by on the mm-hmm. on the indictment because Sessions would have let him off the hook. But I don't think he would have been chosen to go do that at at HHS. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a, at least there would have been some damage with Stone uh, on that stuff, and he couldn't have gone to basically lead his own separate cult. So there are consequences to um, not having the doodads to go after these people. There are consequences to letting them go, yeah, and we're going to be seeing this for decades to come. Ugh, it's just see this is why I was like in a, <laughs> one of the reasons I know. I'm in a bad mood I think mean, why I have cancer <laughs> oh, I swear to god okay so let's get to this thread why don't you just start talking about your thread I, it's, it starts off um, the thread starts off with that you were a pundit or something for uh, 18 years 
And is it- yeah, actually, it's more like 20, 20. when I do the math. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was at the, you know, Fox News, CNN, MSNB, and others. Uh, and in 2015, I was living in New York then. So I was there in studio uh, summer and early fall of 2015. Uh, at Fox and everybody, you know, all these people, we have what, 16 people in the Republican primary. And now you expect once you have a nominee of each party that there's going to be certain news organizations that are going to lean towards one over the other mm-hmm. and sometimes lean heavily. Yeah. I'd never seen this in a primary, but I would be there and everybody would be laughing at Trump, the Trump phenomena and what a bozo he was, what a buffoon. <sighs> everybody knew what he was. And I'm talking about on-air personalities, producers, everybody behind the scenes. And then something really sinister started happening. It was like I think I described it in my in my uh, thread, Twitter thread, as um, like Stepford Wives. Hmm. And I go there, and like literally from week to week, it would change. Somebody who was you know knew exactly what he was, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they change, and they were starting to be real, saying real positive things about him. And but they couldn't look me in the eye because they knew that I knew. And something very odd and weird. It was chilling that when this wow. happened, I thought. What the hell hmm. is happening? This is there's this is weird. It just felt weird. Yeah. Because nobody would think that Trump was anybody. Right. And it that's that's and it kind of took me a while because you don't go looking for this stuff. I just knew there's something really bad going on here. Something mm-hmm. really weird. You know. And then as the months wore on, uh, and then in October, exactly you know six years ago now, I was immediately cut off, canceled on by Fox, um, at, upon Trump's orders when it became clear that yeah. Um, I was contradicting he and Corey when they said they had no super PAC. They were going to sue the Washington Post for reporting they did. Well, I was right there. You know, Corey told me all about it. Uh, the friend who first approached me um, to come work for the campaign, wow. and I only agreed as a, to a courtesy lunch because he was a friend. He was headed over to work at the super PAC. He was working on the exploratory committee, and then he brings along to lunch without telling me a guy named Corey Lewandowski who I'd never heard of. And they laughed. They said, "Yeah, they kind of had to ambush people uh, because they couldn't get good people to to meet with them." Uh, so they told me all about that super PAC to the point where I was thinking, "Have the rules changed? Because there's supposed to be no coordination." Now Trump hadn't officially gone down the escalator at that mm-hmm. point but still this was really a lot of you know I, yeah. I was uncomfortable with it uh so i w- went public um saying there's a super PAC they told me all about it i'm immediately canceled on by fox and then we later find out when i was looking at dates with the fbi that that was the day the catfishing of me started and i posted mm-hmm. all this again today on twitter those mm-hmm. articles for people aren't familiar um but i was really under attack by these people after that uh to the point where they had me kicked off tv and jeff zucker and roger ailes both went along with it yeah they were friends with trump mm-hmm. so but it was chilling to me that um in a primary they were supporting this guy and i knew something was wrong yeah i don't know if they were paid off i don't know if there was compromise i don't know what was going on now i do know i remember reading this that after that remember that debate where megan kelly the first one where it's almost like fox said okay we've had our fun we're going to take him down now when megan kelly um went after trump for his um long history of misogyny well uh after that um the bot and troll army uh the trump putin brought troll army as we now know at the Mm -hmm. time no one knew we weren't calling it bots and trolls we didn't know what this phenomenon was they bombarded they bombarded uh, Fox News, hmm. and it was reported that Roger Ailes and other execs there were just shaken to their core because they had no idea that Trump had really gotten that much support among their own viewers. Yeah. And they changed their tune, and they started being supportive of him after that. Wow. We now know that that whole bot and troll army thing was fake. Mm-hmm. 
um, and it was done to intimidate and cause fear, and it did. Roger Ailes and others at Fox, they mm-hmm. were afraid of Trump, and they thought, mm-hmm. oh, we better, we better play ball with him, and they did, wow. and they did. And that's how that's that's how we ended up in part, you know, with Trump and yeah, in the White House. So, yeah. it's just so overwhelming. And I, you know, I it mean, is. you know, you, yeah, I mean, you say, you know, you got cancer over it, and and I, I mean, it's so stressful every day. It's so stressful. I mean, there's some days that I feel really good. I I work on feeling good because it to me it's a job now to try to feel good you you know when you're constantly being bombarded and and twitter isn't real life we all know this but when you're on twitter all day long you're getting the breaking news you're getting everything and not only are you getting the breaking news you're seeing how you know going back to rick wilson seeing all these democrats i mean you should have seen there were a couple women who came on both you and i were it's like we weren't saying that the one six committee was going to be perfect and wonderful. We were just basically saying he doesn't have a fucking source, and no, he's he bullshitting it was you. All fundraising was saying he he doesn't know things. Only I can do it. That's very Trumpian. Yes, I know things the rest of you don't. Yes, and it was a big long thread. And then there was a video um, where yeah, you go to a certain spot and there's the fundraising pitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's why you need exactly. Like and yeah. it was just, it uh, yeah. just so fucking so, annoying. <laughs> yeah, and and um, so yeah, it, it was. And some of us are willing uh, or brave enough to go out there. Others don't want to because yeah, you know, these are the cool guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then these women would come uh, it's on. Like, That's so yeah. Cool. They, and these women uh, would come on. They don't have secret information, and no, they don't. Um, maybe they should shut down all of their ancillary <laughs> stuff and and stop overpaying themselves and <laughs> prove to us that they're worthy if they're going to stick around. Most people just want them to go away now that we know stuff about them right. and their scandals and all of that. And um, just do what it is you're supposed to do, but they can't do that. No. They won't do that. And, and the, thing uh, that they, was, the thing that was frustrating You know, was... and they're still paying Ben Howe, who they supposedly fired oh, for when all that misogynistic stuff came came out that he had done all his tweets. And they fire him, and then they pay him you know, separately through another company. Wow. And here they they also but they fired you know <sighs> Sophia Nelson right. a black woman that they had an unpaid advisor because mm-hmm. uh, they added Tara and and Sophia and a couple of other women when um, a bunch of people were coming down on them for being all guys yeah. that whole brothers in arms thing and so, and yeah and I was one of us like what you know mm-hmm. and so then they hired the unpaid women they had their one woman uh, what's her name Horn mm-hmm. um, and she was unknown um, and no one knew who she was so they they had to have their one token woman so mm-hmm. they were aware they had a problem they had her and they paid her $5,000 a month while they were all raking in millions right yeah so they needed their token woman but they had to have somebody who would just shut up and do mm-hmm. what she was told and not really know what was going on had no game of her own going on because no one no one knew no one knew her I never mm-hmm. heard her name before that um, so that's what they were about. It was pretty clear, for, you know, from the beginning. But they fired Sophia because she had made some comment referring to Trump or somebody's retard, which is a very, uh, you know, politically incorrect term. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that you know Rick had used in the past, yes. um, and she apologized for it. It was also. Um, uh, or she said retarded. It mm-hmm. was the term she used. Um, that was a, re- a term that was very commonly used mm-hmm. not yes. that long ago. Yeah. It was recently, I think it's the 80s, um, when describing um, special education students and whatnot. Yes. Um, it's since been a, made politically incorrect and wisely so, but there was a time when it, when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did apologize, mm-hmm. um, but they threw her under the bus anyway yeah. and put out a statement and embarrassed her and, and that whole thing. And that was completely unnecessary. Um, but they let each other slide. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it just, it was real clear early on for those of us that kind of watched these things, kind of what this was, it was disappointing. Um, you know, cause I'd been, you know, friendly with, yeah. with some of these guys for a long time. Um, first time I met Reed Galen, he was 12 years old. Cause I know wow. his dad. <laughs> uh, so the, but, but the, again, I'm kind of at an age, um, and everything I've been through, I really don't care. I mean, I'm going to call this stuff out if, if I'm going to have um, and this is where I think you and I are a lot alike, Kimberly. If we're going to have credibility with the people who follow us or read us or listen to us, we have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And we can't set certain people aside mm-hmm. um, that we won't touch because, well, they're friends. Or, yeah. oh, well, you know, I once did business with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have to be sincere about mm-hmm. this where we're kind of no better than the bad <laughs> guys. Um, and yeah. that's I really feel that way. I've been doing this for a very long time you know, politics and media, and, and I know how this stuff works. So I say things that are difficult to say and difficult to hear, yeah. and I don't get paid a dime to do it. <laughs> That's why I don't get paid a dime um, <laughs> because I'm willing to do it. So if there was an entity out there that was well-funded that needed people to do this, right. you know, I'm your gal. Um, <laughs> but, but again, after we've, what we've been through in the Trump years, I'm just, I don't have any patience for this other stuff. Yeah. And, and I, and what I wanted to kind of say about this is there were a couple of women who have liberal uh, Twitter feeds and they were coming at me with the attitude of like, I was bitter or it was specifically about the Rick Wilson thing. And they, they were, make it, make it personal. They make it yeah. personal and petty. And it, it's almost as if they're, um, it's like they want to date him and I want to date him. Or so. I mean, it's like it's it's so weird <laughs> because it's like, why are you defending him so I mean, and coming after me and calling me names because I'm just basically calling him out for lying about his fucking sources. And and it's not, yeah. you know, I mean, it kept people kept saying, are you bitter? It's like, well, yeah, I kind of am bitter about them because I've tried very hard to say, look, I am willing to put aside some of my feelings about what they've done in the past uh, if they're going to truly help the, the Democratic Party. And then after the article that came out earlier this year that basically exposed them for covering up for a pedophile, talking about generational wealth, that whole bombastic article, um, you know, it certainly didn't scare enough <laughs> Democrats away. But it's like, hello, the... the this is out there now. We can see them who, who people, they are. If you think a lot of people read those articles, though, again. No, they didn't. Uh, and let, yeah, and TV didn't really do anything. They These guys have friends at MSNBC, mm. so they're acting like nothing happened. So a lot of people really don't know. And every day they they figure if I, and when I bring this stuff up, they said, prove it. You know, show yeah. the articles. Okay, here's like, the I article. I've posted these articles <laughs> probably a hundred times. Go look for them because the minute I post the first live, go look for them. I don't have them at the ready. I don't have a special file for yeah. it. I have to look for them in the same places that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it's just a slew. I think they have their own bot and troll army. It's just mm-hmm. a slew of attacks yes, where it's true, the same yeah. thing over and over yes. and over again. And and I get sick of it. And it's exactly how MAGA people are. And yes. It's the same thing. You're bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I'm calling out <laughs> Trump for his lies and his crime because that's it. And they use these things that they think work on women. They mm-hmm. like to use these pejorative yes. terms yes. Um, that, that, that paint us in some kind of a you – make, you know, make us a caricature of ourselves, right. and 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 that's that's part of the bot and troll stuff you know mm-hmm. but uh 
to see women who are not the bots and trolls doing it because they're so invested yes, it's in just so these disheartening. guys yeah. as mm-hmm. personalities mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I really like their ads. It's like, that's the point. You're, they're not supposed to be for you or he's really funny. Now, you know, Rick lost his gigs at a uh, daily beast mm-hmm. and they were all in with him mm-hmm. um, because they know, you know, and uh, there's a reason for that. And he has talented, but you know, my, my, I just saw early on with that group, um, because you have to understand, I've known them longer, so I don't. Yeah. I don't have the same. I don't have this fan girl thing going right. on. I just know <laughs> them for over the years, uh, and I'm just thinking early on. I'm thinking they need adult supervision. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have very good talents in certain areas, but mm-hmm. they should not be running this. They should be reporting to the grown-ups, um, and that was my that was my take relatively early on. Mm-hmm. It's just like who's in charge here because these guys should not be in charge. They should be doing the ads. They can do messaging. Some of them can be great on TV. You know, there's different roles, but I did feel very strongly that they needed adult supervision. Yeah. And it's not there. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, this is how I feel every day. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. I don't know what's going on. And it's just, it's, it's really tough. It's very tough to try to keep sane during these insane times, during these times where we just, we haven't been here before, we have people fall, you know, I mean, people, Democrats definitely, they, they fall in love, they say Democrats fall in line, conservatives or Republicans, um, what, what's the deal? Oh, no, they fall, we fall in love, they fall in line. And I wish that we wouldn't, we're, we're so ready to hear people say what we want to hear, whether it's, oh, look, I'm a bisexual and I don't mean to to diminish, but it's like, just because someone's bisexual doesn't mean they're qualified. And I'm not saying we should have known this in advance with, with Kirsten Cinema. Um, we didn't know what, she, what kind of, yeah. I know she was with the Green Party and I didn't know a lot about her. And of course I want to celebrate diversity in the party. That's wonderful and absolutely beautiful and we need more of it, but we can't just automatically fall for people who are either screaming at Trump or screaming, you know, talking about, oh, look at my funny outfit and I'm bisexual. Woohoo. No, you got to prove to us that you are going to work for us because we are paying you, whether it's the Lincoln Project or whether it's a, sen- a senator. We are paying them because Lincoln Project is depending on the, the money that they're getting from us. And so they need to prove themselves and we shouldn't be so quick to just automatically. And I know I said this once on Twitter and it's like Democrats need to stop just being so fucking gullible and ready to embrace anybody because yeah. we, we don't well, know. Well, some of these people, look, Lincoln Project also has somebody they pay to book them on TV and I, mm-hmm. that's all they do. I don't think Stacey Abrams has that. She may have a PR person, mm-hmm. Mark Elias, of the democracy docket, you know, he's out there kicking butt Yes, for he us. is. He is. But these are not people, you know, the the uh, Bill Crystal group, I don't think they were out there to make TV stars themselves. He's been no. on TV plenty, but they were raising money and they were putting ads and they were telling us what they were spending and where the, ba- the buy mm-hmm. was. Um, you know, they were doing the real, the real work. Um, the Midas touch guys, the brothers, mm-hmm. um, I think they keep it pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, any groups out there that are super packed, they see uh, that we're coming down hard uh, when groups like the Lincoln Project are caught grifting. And I think that that's part of the checks and balances. I think we need to continue to do that to keep them honest as long as we have Citizens United. So Midas Touch guys do really good work mm-hmm. um and we can keep them honest yeah um and by but by just embracing these people because they're fun on tv or they've got friends right MSNBC, exactly they get them booked on tv and so it, that's not what this is about i'm so past it i'm so angry at the past mm-hmm. five or six years and the role that the media 
has mm-hmm. has played mm-hmm. um and i just think that people need to be very careful who their heroes are you got to look for consistency right. you got to look for truth and don't then they got to stop shooting the messengers like us yes know? i know <laughs> i know it's so i mean why else true. would i be doing this stuff <laughs> um this is just what i do and i've kind of always done it it's why you know i you know i was a moderate republican it's why the conservatives you know, didn't like me because mm-hmm. they thought I was a rhino. I'd get call, I'll called all those <laughs> names. So I'm rather used to this, but I am mm-hmm. consistent. And uh, yes. that is something that I hope that people can trust. And when I'm wrong, I'll say that I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's um, what but- it's all about too. When you're wrong, say you're wrong. I mean, that's what my, my mother told me when I got into sales, she goes, if you make a mistake, own up to it immediately. And I never forgot that. And it's, it's like, you know, when you do that for the most, especially in the sales world, people trust you. They go, Oh, I can trust this person. Because, you know, you have to be willing to, oh, to make yeah, that. Yeah, I got to say if you're wrong. Oh, look, yeah. I'm hoping that I, I owe Merrick Garland all kinds of apologies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I haven't even been too hard. But, you know, I'm right there with you. So I totally get it. But I, I just want to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. And I do want to say thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm really happy that you feel good enough so that you can do it. So yay. <laughs> and you're my first podcast or any sort of public appearance <laughs> that, that I've made. So this is my first four coming back well i appreciate it having me on oh of course and you know i'll be having you back but before why don't you before i let you go tell everybody where they can find you well you can find me on twitter sherry at sherry jacobus Uh, i also still have my website up but it needs to be updated and that's sherryjacobus.com and um you know i think you can also find links to some of my old podcasts i haven't done those for a while but i'll We'll start back up again, but I had some really good folks on, including Mark Elias, who you know we just uh, right. spoke about. So very cool. That's uh, that's what I'm doing these days. All right. Well, then you know you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly with the extra e l e y. My books are on Amazon. Thank you again, Sherry. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.